Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Nobody Panic! Live from the fringe. We have two live. This <laughs> is doing her customary train <laughs> thing that I often will let it out, but not this time because it's going out as is, guys. Guys, it's a visual medium, so it's me like sort of uh, pulling on the train. Choo choo. <laughs> you know, pulling that train. That's oh my are. god, guys, it's day a million of the fringe or something. We've been here. I feel like I was born here <laughs> and I feel like I have died here. <laughs> <laughs> We are, we are looking significantly worse than the first one, which was on the seventh. Um, actually, Tessa, you look radiant today. Doesn't she? Doesn't she look great? Now say I it back. I couldn't reach her. I'm too, I'm too tired to read. to be a conduit for you two who have yeah. sort of slightly grown weary of each other. Yeah. Oh, that's a great point, Nish. We should introduce the man in the house. Oh, sorry. Oi, um, oi, oi. Oh, we've got some man. Um, this is Nish Kumar that you're listening to, popular comedian who is currently going to be going on, currently about to be going on a, on a tour around the UK. Please buy tickets. Please buy tickets. <laughs> um, is it like nishkumar.com that they can go it's on? Nishkumar.co.uk. Please buy tickets. Also, <laughs> some of the ticket links are broken, so maybe just incorporate uh, old Captain Googs. Now, as a stand-up, I know that you put the mic quite close to your mouth. Oh, yes. You might have to take it further back because you're going to sound like this. <laughs> Please buy tickets. Yeah. I'll be us talking and you with your levels so high, just saying. Nishkumatakutayuke. First of all, flawless impression. Yeah, that's exactly. Nishkumatakutayuke. You've nailed my accent. How are you feeling, Nish? How are you doing? How are you feeling emotionally? I'm fine. I love it. You love that? Yeah, I have a great time at the fringe. I've had a slightly more hectic fringe than usual. Oh, how come? Because I've been presenting some BBC Two arts coverage. Watch out, Yentop. I'm an arts journalist now. What's good? Alan Yentop. I smiled, but I didn't know who he meant. Alan Yentop is this guy who used to present arts documentaries, and he's a very sort of serious, austere individual. Like you. Which, yeah, I was sort of offsetting my public image as a kind of roguish clown. Yeah. Um, I know, I get it. And from, uh, and that was the source, of, that's what that joke was. <laughs> For more of those, uh, nishkumar.co.uk. <laughs> nishkumar.co.uk. smashing it here. Tickets um, available. The cabaret bar some, some of the tickets broke. Some of the ticket links broken. Please use Google. <laughs> right, so, so the um, topic of this podcast is about uh, how to cope with rejection yes. and how to bounce back. How to, <laughs> what? 
Just, I in, inherently associate Bouncing Back with Alan Partridge's book. <laughs> I've not read it. Yeah, it's no, no, no. He, no, no, no. In the TV show, he's like obsessed with the idea that he's bouncing back the whole time. And in my head, I'm like, am I the Alan Partridge of comedy? Yeah. Not bouncing back. Well, maybe. Uh, I mean, we all laugh at poor Alan, but maybe you know, <laughs> he's all right. to be learned he's, from him. He's laughing. He's bouncing back. He is bouncing um, back. Yeah. So it's about rejection. It's about uh, getting over it. It's yeah. about you know recognizing it. No. And Nish is in a good sort of position because as a comedian, consistent rejection, I'm presuming. Consistent, Unless yeah. you were literally like, I'd like to be a comedian and then just went on to live <laughs> Apollo, yeah. which is horrific if that happened. But I know it didn't. Um, and I just think also as a human, this is not, not, not going to be um, a podcast episode where we just talk about being a comedian. Um, and so that was also a little subtle, don't just talk about being a comedian. Um, just about Some podcasts lives. have the briefing before the show. <laughs> <laughs> not on Nobody Panic. Yeah. Yeah. Very briefing. Much a, a sweet seat of your pants, um, We're going to start with some of your amazing adult things that you've done this yes. week. Um, oh my God, I'd like to start off on the... Um, this is how I just think it's quite mean and jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I get I normally edit that out, but it's going in as is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. um, somebody's was um, got up before 10 a.m. on holiday, underline, oh, woo, wow. which is all good and well, and then it says, and went for a 5k run, brackets twice. <laughs> on holiday! <laughs> Who was that? I think we should applaud to offset yeah. the Yay! Yeah. Well, That's amazing. That's I, hate to, I hate to be Captain Maths over here, but did you do a 10k? <laughs> <laughs> did you do a fucking slip? Two days. Okay, great, great. Right, right, Still, right. that's more than I've ever done in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is good. L- looked up council tax bans before arranging flat viewings. That's wow. genuinely good because I always yeah. forget that. But I mean, I've not been oh, I, mm, renting or buying. Renting. Renting. Yeah, great. Amazing. That is really extremely grown. grown up. Well that's done. That's so good. Yeah, I, didn't want to, I didn't want to cast aspersions about the audience, but I looked at the average age and in my head was like, renting. No, yeah. of course. <laughs> but the other one we had, there was quite a few like, just bought a flat, just bought a flat, just bought a flat. Really? We're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you should play a new game called Renting or Bell End. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really good and non judging. <laughs> Nice and kind. Welcome to the show. You're renting our apartment. Nish, read, read some out. I've got, I've got quite. This is very very up one. Uh, changed savings account to get better interest. Ooh. <laughs> Really great. It no, means, I do know what it means. Okay. I'm just doing a comedic fact now. I look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm very great. Who was that? Oh, well yeah. done. Well done. Good job. Good job. I hope your interest was really good. Uh, use my gym. Mem- use my gym membership for the first time since signing up. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to. It yeah. doesn't catch on. It's not easy to do. Um, okay. Well, oh, someone walked and didn't get an Uber. That's great. I think that is genuinely really excellent. I, yeah, sometimes you've just got to Uber it, but that's really great. Also, the Uber situation in Edinburgh is absolutely diabolical. It's hilarious, yeah. There's like three small cars. When you open the app, you're like, whoa, this does not, what happened? Yeah, and it's, it's like, like 20 minutes to get to you, and you're it, like, this isn't, yeah. It's what I imagine Uber's like in I Am Legend. <laughs> Great. Such a really <laughs> <laughs> But this bringing the kind of pop culture element to, uh, <laughs> to Nobody Panic, serious. which we don't have because we don't yes, watch. I'm going to be thinking about that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, go for it. Oh, great. Uh, okay, uh, I haven't read this beforehand, so I'm just going to go for it. There is no iron in my accommodation, oh, and I refused to wear an unironed shirt, so I steamed them in the shower. Oh, this is growing up on two levels, because I've just, I mean, I've not ironed anything in, I think, since 2009. So this is <laughs> genuinely, that's, that's really levels. great. Look, what you got? Uh, what you got? I've got a, uh, a, a okay. game, very festival specific one. 
pre-booked my, and they've uh, for some reason capitalised the word FRINGE yeah. at the end. <laughs> so someone's pre- pre-booked their tickets. That's great. Right. That's great. Well yeah. done. Go on. Um, did my eyebrows yes. on the train with no mirror this morning? Brackets. Not really that adult. Mad <laughs> um, <laughs> now. And then you know, before the brackets, I should have got up earlier. And also, I haven't had breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. I was late. And Tessa was more late. late. She absolutely <laughs> smashed it. I was so late. Tessa was so late. Um, bought and used vacuum storage bags. They are moved back home from living in Paris for six months for my degree. Very adult decision. It's hard to make that that choice. Um, I like that. Uh, oh, entered a bar only to realise I wasn't. Now, does that say butlered, battered, or bothered? I wasn't. Yes, bothered. That makes more sense than butlered, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I entered a bar and I didn't have a butler, so I left. Um, entered a bar and I realised I wasn't bothered and left without a drink. Is that right? Have I read that out right? Yeah. Yes, you weren't asked. That's great. I like that. I like that as well. Go on. What, you just thought, it's not for me. It's not for me. Yeah. Just leave it. Making a decision. I Making a choice. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it happened this morning. No, Because I feel like that was the right <laughs> decision. <laughs> 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 right, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> 9 a.m. Didn't want a trick. So adult. Uh, moved into a flat in London. Yes. yes. Very good. Very adult. Survived being on tour with three smelly boys <laughs> without getting into debt. <laughs> so, much, so much going on there. This feels like this one did three different lines, so it feels like like everyone passed it along, writing a different part of the story. So by being talked with three semi boys without getting into debt. Okay, but either way, well I mean, done. So many elements are very adult. Nish, I bought not just one but two pens in my bag today, and they have been useful. Yes, <laughs> yes. We don't no, give anybody any pens to do, write these down with, so I make the audience work as a team together. <laughs> uh, this one was, uh, booked my driving test. Well, very done. Oh, well, that's very impressive. Part, but booked is equally well done. Well <laughs> done, well done. <laughs> um, and my final one was, in a desperate attempt to make my five a day, I bought a whole bag of salad from Tesco's and ate it like crisps. <laughs> <laughs> but adult and not adult. Yeah. They're my favourite. That's the best one. You imagine it. Well done. Also, it's so, it would be so di- not as nice as crisps. Yeah. <laughs> not as nice. You got about a Here we go. Months. Yeah, I've got a bunch more. Travelled around Germany for three weeks alone to force myself to learn German. Oh, very good. I I I did the same thing, but <laughs> by travelling alone, I mean did an AS level. <laughs> um, I've got. Uh, I was totally prepared for writing adult thing down and bought a pen with me. I mean, there's so many pen-based ones. There's a lot of pen-based ones. People are really really proud of the pens. This one's got a smiley face on it, which does somewhat undermine the whole premise. (laughs) (laughs) Scheduling this show in as a break for preparing for an interview. Oh, congratulations. Good luck with the interview. Who's that? Oh, good luck, good luck, good luck. What are you interviewing for? A journalist posted at BBC. Yeah. Nice. We'll cut it out so you don't know what it is. Turned up to work on time! Simple thing! Simple thing! Base level humanity. I breathed! Bare minimum. I got put all my clothes on in the right order. Final one, final one. Here we go. Probably quite fair because it's a final one, as it's another pen one and it's got another smiley face. In a way, it's sort of bringing together all of the themes of the correspondence. (laughs) Had a pen in my bag when asked to write this. Smiley face! So Guys, give yourself a round of applause. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Well Shall we just pop into rejection? Let's pop in. Let's get in there. Let's um. So okay, fine. Easy question. Nish, have you ever been rejected? 
Y yes, I mean, <laughs> okay, how, 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 how deep do you want to go with this? Because I've been coming to the Edinburgh Festival, this is my 12th year, oh my which God. means it's a full year of my life, and I started coming when I was 21, and, and now I am 32, and the sea is filled with ghosts of my sexual rejection. <laughs> like, I, the number of places people have refused to sleep with me in the city. Like, I should genuinely, next year I'm thinking of doing a site-specific show. <laughs> you should get, have you seen those guys walking around with the headsets yeah, with on? The headsets. You should do that, a walking tour of Mission's yeah. Lost Loves, yeah. <laughs> I would go on that. This is a, uh, this spot just round the back of the underbelly is where a girl from Leeds told me, absolutely not, you seem weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'd pay good money. I'd pay so 10 sorry. hot pounds for that. I actually would. That's a great idea for sure. Um, yeah, I think it's... You've um, 12 years on the trot. No, I did. I had a break last year. So I did yeah. 11 years, break last year, back here this year. I mean, I do love it beyond the odd sort of... It's, uh, it is weird coming back to the same place over and over again. And now, at this point, starting to feel a little bit like that last series of Scrubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, why are Turk and JD still here? Yeah. <laughs> they, they become the teachers, but it seems sad. Yeah. <laughs> they, um, do they become the doc, like head doctors? Yeah, they become like, like it like becomes the, like a teacher. They should school. never be head doctors. They should always be the interns. Yeah, exactly. They should have stopped. Somebody described yeah. this the other day. Not like you should have like, stopped. That's not. <laughs> I've just realised what that sounded like. Somebody described this the other day as like we're on we're all on Love Island, but like we've been here for ten years. So, like, every time you're like, oh, do you think they'll get together? And they're like, no, no, they got together like seven years ago. Yeah. And now everyone is just these like quite like good friends and like there's no more you There's know, no more free song. There's no free song, there's nothing left for us. But we in, go. In, but in terms of but in terms of you say so you say you've been here for twelve years. Yeah. But that does that also imply that you presumably, like I say, didn't just walk on to life of the Apollo. You had a couple no, of hard no. times here too. No, and you kept coming back. Yeah, I did keep coming back. The first, I, I, a real Parkinson, like uh, you know, <laughs> you know like, someone has to keep some sort of fucking order. I would have respected Parkinson so much I mean, more if just that. every so often when Billy Connolly had gone off on one, he'd been like, "Look, William, <laughs> can we get some fucking order back in?" Here, Good lord. God, man. Good lord. Um, yeah, um, yeah I, the, I think part of the reason that I love Edinburgh is that I, so I started doing comedy here when I was a student in the same student group that then birthed Stevie Martin and Tessa Coates. Yes, so we, right. yeah, we did, I did a couple of years here. The reason I liked Edinburgh was because for the first five years of me doing comedy, so I graduated in 2007, and then between... I had a full-time day job. I had to have a full-time job. I didn't. Saying I had one so suggested it was like, well, I was, you know, recreationally admin. <laughs> but I had to, I financially had to have a full-time job for five years. Yeah. And then the last year I had a part-time job. So really from 2007 until 2013, I was a hobbyist comedian essentially. Yeah, so yeah. I was going to work all day and then going and doing gigs at night. And the reason that I always love Edinburgh is because Edinburgh was the one month of the year where I wouldn't have to do a job and I would get to feel like a real comedian. Yeah, like that, yeah. I think that's why I have this kind of reservoir of affection for the city and the festival. Uh, because in the, the rest of the year, or it did not go well. <laughs> so how, so just broad strokes, how did you, like, how did you deal with that? How did you deal with in outside of Edinburgh? You're like, oh, I'm still a madman job. Yeah. And it's also seeing because you 
you didn't just you didn't go like as a solo comedian like immediately, did you? You, no. would, you did stuff with other people, and then you also like had some time out, and then you kind of did your. Was it like you were twenty six or twenty seven when you did your first? Solo I was. Show? It was two. I t yeah, my birthday is in August as well. So it's, I mean, there's a lot going on. But <laughs> it, uh, so I turned twenty seven. No, 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 it's That would be a horrible way to find out you two were not invited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's Sunday the 26th. Right. It's on Wikipedia, concerningly. <laughs> um, but um, it's, I, um, I yeah, well, so I turned to 27 the year that I did my first solo hour. And right. the first solo hour was the start of me being able to phase out my day job and yeah. do and be a full-time comedian, which that process finished in 2013 after Edinburgh when I did the show. So yeah, it was, I, I mean, I, I don't want to get too morose with this, but don't. yeah, the first half decade was pretty toilet. <laughs> <laughs> like, it right. was, yeah, so I... How I'm, do you keep going? How do you I, keep I, going? I, 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 to some extent, I don't know. Okay! Like, it was one of those things where you would just hold on to whatever kernel of positivity you could. So, it, I, I, I'm like, I'm a particularly, I was a particularly bad comedian, I think, because everyone else did some, like, competition or showcase. There's a bunch of things that you could do, like the BBC New Act competition, The Laughing Horse, The Amused Moves. I am the only comedian who failed to get to the final of any of them <laughs> and is still working, from what I know. I think me and Ellis James are, like, the two ones who never got anything. And I auditioned for all the showcases here, oh. so there was, like, the Comedy Reserve, the, um... Uh, the, the uh, what's the other one? The one at just for just big value. Okay. So there, there are all these auditions you can do, and I failed at all oh, of I them. No, I didn't know this. Yeah, I mean it was. <laughs> I guess you didn't talk about it. I like, yeah. openly. All right, Dave, if you want, if you want to come for a pint and listen to my sad life. <laughs> um, that it was a lot. Yeah, so that it was a lot of it was a lot of rejection, and right. I think the. I didn't. I didn't deal with it very productively. I think because I was very young. Like in my in your uh, my early twenties, I my solution to it was just to get angry and drink, sure. which is obviously not particularly productive. But I think eventually I realised that there are positive lessons to be taken from being rejected. And sometimes it's it's a really weird thing. Sometimes when you're being rejected, you have to you occasionally have to go, which doesn't sound very healthy, but occasionally you have to be like, maybe there's a reason. Yeah. And maybe actually the solution is not to get angry and say, well, I should be getting these things. But maybe the solution is to go, oh, maybe I'll just keep, I'll just work harder. And if I think yeah. something that I'm doing is good is being bounced back, instead of getting angry, why don't I just try and do something better and move the goalposts that Well, way? there's that thing as well of like, if you try, if you're getting rejected for things, then you're sort of crossing things off. And it just means that there's another avenue that you should yeah, be taking. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So actually, it means that like you actually managed to do to get to where you did without all of that stuff, which is great. And you and you probably wouldn't have maybe done the stuff that you have done if you'd have just like smashed all those auditions and smashed yeah, all probably. those awards. You would have. It would have probably happened sooner. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it would have. Yeah, maybe you wouldn't have had to have been so creative, and maybe your shows wouldn't have been so good because you had that fire in you of like, well, fuck everybody. Like, you didn't, so I'm gonna really smash this. Yeah, and show. also like, I mean, at one point in 2010, I was writing a double act show with my friend Tom Neenan, who's also here doing a show and is amazing. And Tom and I were writing a show, and I, I thought at the time, I was like, maybe, and I was having real fun working with Tom after having a couple of really tricky years doing mm. stand-up. And I thought, well, maybe I'll just stop doing stand-up because it's not working. It's been three years. 
and I'm having more fun doing this stuff with Tom. And then at the very last minute, my friend Daniel Simonson, who is also here, he's a wonderful Norwegian comedian, he got a free fringe slot and he said, do you want to do half an hour of stand-up every day with me? And in my head I thought, well, I'm going to stop doing stand-up. And so there was no professional imperative to do this thing because I just thought I've had enough of it. But when I came here, I was like, well, I'll do it anyway because I'm here, I may as well do another yeah. show. And uh, because I stopped thinking about myself in terms of a career progression and just focused on the work that I was producing, I suddenly started having better gigs. Because instead of sitting there thinking, how can I progress professionally? What are the things, steps that I need to take? I just focused on the work. That's so and interesting. And that was a, that fringe, that 2010, was a complete game changer in my stand-up because I janked, I, junked all my material and started again from scratch and all I was focused on was is this funny and is this good and not thinking about how can I get into Yeah, you're like thinking about the night, that night that you have to perform yeah, it exactly. rather than like, Absolutely. oh, well, who's going to be in and like, what, should, what does yeah. this mean for my career? Yeah, I feel like that fully about, because I mean, obviously we're talking about it in terms of comedy, but I think, I genuinely do think that that transposes across pretty much every career, yeah. not creative either. Like the moment you, you start worrying too much about where you fit in a career, where you fit in your life, you can spook yourself out and you can just, you, you know, you're not producing your best work. Completely. The moment you think, well, hang on, wait, ignore that. What do I, want to do every day at like you know, 9.30 till 5 yeah. <laughs> like what do I want to spend like 90% of my life doing is it this, no, is it that yes and then you can at least start to move towards the things that you want to do I don't know, that's such a good way of putting it because you spend so much so of your fun. life working and it, when you're doing something for that percentage of your life you have to derive some kind of joy from it I, 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 I don't know anyone that is excelling in their work in whatever field it is that of the people that I'm mates with, that doesn't to some extent love what they do or have some kind of Yeah, you never hear somebody like the CEO being like, I hate this job. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, full disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, when, I, um, when I first graduated, and we all sort of graduated into like a flooded job market where it was very, and I think probably it, w it will in the future, right, you know when we all, I, don't, I think we're all similar-ish age, that like everyone sort of came out and there weren't obvious jobs to go into yeah. and everyone had to definitely a phase where they were like, oh shit, like now what? And there was all graduate schemes and unpaid internships and we were like, oh no. And if I think if we had come out into a different generation where we'd all gone straight into work and we'd been relatively well paid, we maybe would have sat, sat in a job that we didn't particularly yeah. love yeah, sure. right from the start. And so as a result, everybody had to go through this like dreadful being turned away from so many things that eventually you had to end up with something that you actually really did like because you you had to find that. Whereas if we'd all just walked into, you know, I remember like the first thing I applied for was like being an engineer at the Mars fact Mars company. With your anthropology. Yeah, degree. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I was like, Yeah, why not? And I, you know, if I had I'd probably still be there, you know, if I got it. Yeah, so I would sure. be like, Yeah, why not? I'll stay at the Mars factory. <laughs> I'd probably be CEO of Mars by now. And like uh, and Jenny, that was the first thing I applied for, and I, there was that such a long time after I graduated where I just would apply for all these mad internships and all kinds of things on the internet, and there were so many. I remember making a sort of collage of all these, um, like due to the volume, due to the volume of applicants, we cannot provide feedback messages. I would get because yeah. there would just be so many. I was being turned away from so many things, and I was doing all kinds of crackers jobs, which it, it, obviously I was not right for, and so I was being turned down correctly because it was not what I was supposed to do. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And I, I think I probably talked about this before. But I did this um, internship with a PR science company. And they were really wonderful to me. But I was terrible at my job and, uh, and then I left because I had to legally and uh, they, uh, so they were like you're so bad please go away um, but they were really they were so nice to me and they got me this card that was just like the good luck card that happened to be in the shop but it was a, a, draw, a drawing of a signpost and it said a little it was it said it that way and not it that way and I as in like and it oh, said yeah, go yeah. for it and I I still have it because it was such a turning point in my life of like oh it's okay I can go through all these things and they just be not it and that's that's also been however long I've done like this is still a learning curve and this is like okay at least I can close this door and be like oh not it yeah and you can sort of take these rejections of being like okay it was just not that and yes. I'll keep going until I find it we feel um, that because my um, cousin at the moment she started a well she's been doing this like degree and it, and it's been quite like a, you know, picking the degree was quite an arduous process and she was so like, oh, I have to go to the best place, whatever. She does it, she hates it. She absolutely hates it. She doesn't want to do it at all. And, you know, the family are a bit like, oh, Jesus Christ. But actually, it is like, a, it's exactly that case. It's like, well, okay, great. It's not that. It's not yeah, it. We can cross yeah. it. So now we know that it's not that. Now we can focus on trying to find it. Like, yeah, rather yeah. Than And you don't like, and so much of that, like, objection feels like so horrendous, which yeah. we'll get, I want to talk about in a moment about, like, why it is so bad. Yeah. But um, it's there for a reason. It is to be like, no, this was not the right thing. And all these lovely ladies who turned you down in <laughs> alleyways yeah. behind the underbelly. Like, well, look at the lovely lady you got now, right? Yeah. They Absolutely. were right. She's girlfriend's amazing. They were the right. <laughs> She's a great lady. She's a great lady, and they were. They that was the signpost being like, not it. Like close this door. Not around the back of the underbelly. Not around the back of the underbelly. <laughs> Fair this enough. Is not a good choice. Like, if people listening to this do not know the names of venues in Edinburgh, that is going to sound seedy. Oh yeah. Around the back of the underbelly. Oh, underbelly is a venue. The underbelly is a venue. The underbelly is an upside down cow. That's no, what the no, it's not. That's the underbelly. Oh. The underbelly is even worse, and it actually sounds even more sinister. It's actually technically an abandoned book depository. <laughs> <laughs> is that horrible? Yeah, that because the, the grubby. How do they under- put the book? The books would have all like. Well, gone I, off. I, I think hence it being abandoned. abandoned. <laughs> oh my god, it's like cholera in there. I hate it's it. Horrible. <laughs> anyway, I uh, well, I, I just want to tell. I want to. This, this flies everywhere. He comes to all our podcasts. Actually, he does. Yeah, he's, a fan. he's a big fan. Can I just see your look? Can I just join you in your love back down the back of the underbelly rejection tales? Yeah. That I um, once uh, went to bed for a week. Do you remember? I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the end of the story. I k- kissed a boy oh, once. Uh oh. 
what once was, <laughs> left, uh, stayed at his house, but there was only kissing, and uh, left in the morning. Honestly, I was like, well, we're married. We're married now. I, guess, like, <laughs> I was like skipping, I skipped down the road um, in a way that I'm so embarrassed by now. And I was like, la, da, 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 gonna marry this boy, like that. Uh, <laughs> Good morning, the bakers, like this. <laughs> 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 I have found it like this is the boy for me and we're done it was like finding a perfect winter coat and you're like I never have to look again you know yeah. that's how it felt also love and uh, and then saw him the next night at uh, another part a party and I was like he'll be waiting on the steps and like he'll be excited to see me and blah 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 and he ignored me for that whole evening until three o'clock in the morning and every part of my body was just screaming at me and being like get out get out get out you know he doesn't like you get out of here but I just couldn't stop myself and I like did that thing where I saw him go up the stairs then I like came up the stairs to be like oh fancy oh, seeing you on the stairs like, <laughs> And then I was like, hey, like, what, you know, what's like, do you want to, like, what, how, how are you? Because we're married, so how are you doing? And, I, and then uh, he, I was like, I remember being like, just like, say, like, what's going on? Like, what's happening here? And he said to me, um, he was like, oh, okay, like, and I was so ready for this rejection. And then he said, um, like, I mean, like, I don't know, like, what you want. Like, I don't know if you, like, want to go out with me. To which I, like, was like, Oh my god, yes! I went, oh my god, yes! Oh. And then he went, sorry, because that's that's not what I want. And I, and I, I mean, that is absolutely on him in the right? phrasing of that question. Oh, yeah. like, that is the wrong way to Don't leave that. a gap as well. Don't leave a gap after Don't say that. that. Don't leave a gap. Because it was enough space for me to go, oh my god, yes! Like that. To say that. That was sick. Yeah, I totally forgot the details. Yeah. They are worse than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> you did so well. Because that's the thing is like I was ready, I was like protecting myself and yeah. I was like and he was, I was ready for him to say like it wasn't happening and me to be like okay but then him to offer me that all my armour just like fell off I was like cloud nine followed by like just the like the unbelievable plummet of that's not what I meant and I remember him going and me being like no cook absolutely fine like there's like twitching and then I like had, I, I remember not being able to like get myself down the stairs like I couldn't even like walk properly and then I like I went, honestly went to bed for a week yeah. I just like I just was so like crushed by it yeah. not particularly just because I'd like judged it so badly and I had like put my whole like heart out on the line and and now in retrospect obviously like he's not obviously I mean he's quite odd you know like he's and it's like it's not it like it wasn't supposed to be and like this is when I remember somebody having to like my house having to like kick me to get me out of bed and me just being like but he was the best boy in the world and I was like but he's like but he isn't because he said he didn't want to go out with you so like obviously he's not that yeah. great like move let's move on now yeah and uh, I just like it just I, I took me it took it I took it so so unbelievably hard that you need to have like unfortunately you do need to have a number of rejections in order to figure out how to deal with and them. And to like know That's that you can, can bounce back so that when you are feeling that, you don't think like, well, I assume I feel like this for the rest of my life. Yeah, because even though you stayed in bed for a week, you then still got out of bed after a week. Like you didn't disappear into a mist and that was the end of you. Yes, you're right. <laughs> they were like, what? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I never saw Tessa again. Oh no, a boy said he didn't want to go out with her and then she, <laughs> she, she evaporated. <laughs> 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 yeah. Because 
honestly, that's how it felt. It yeah. felt like I felt like I'd evaporate. Like I felt my like arms that. like feel like they like they like disappeared when someone tells me they don't want to go out. Yeah. <laughs> I get really like. Ugh. I had a thing in, in in Edinburgh where there was this guy who you know, you know sometimes guys and girls I'm sure but as I'm straight I haven't had that experience with girls but a very very like flirty naturally so you're like well. This is a shoe in, and then they're married. Does anyone else have? <laughs> <laughs> Steve's laying was, down some what? sweet observational Absolutely. comedy. Thank here. you. Um, no, I had that, and I'd just been dumped by like someone. I was like, hmm, well, marriage, and it wasn't. I was an absolute mess. And um, and then this guy was just so cool. He was like asking me to go to shows and like being, and it was just me and him. And then we'd go for dinner afterwards, and then and then like three days in, he mentioned his wife, and I was like. Excuse me, what? <laughs> and I was so like, I was like, you well, vomited on him. Yes, I vomited while saying, excuse me, what? Um, and yeah, and, and then I couldn't feel my arms, and then I couldn't walk. This is a hard, hard time. Yeah, <laughs> took it quite badly, if I'm honest. But I think you. But then the next time that happens, it doesn't feel as bad, and the next time it happens, it doesn't feel as bad. And I think that's. I think if you're one of those people as well, that's why a lot of people who go to. I don't know, a lot of very kind of high achieving people have a lot of problems, I feel mm-hmm. like, because they've got into, I don't know, their first choice at Oxford or whatever, and they've got, they've got like, you know, excellent grades. They've never dropped anything. They've got the perfect <coughs> boyfriend. They've got the, and then when one thing crumbles, yeah. they don't know how to deal with it. And, they, and that can completely knock A, a friend of mine, um, extremely high achieving at school, just like smashed everything. Everything was very, very easy for her. So like, mm. she just, you know, went to uh, Cambridge, um, was no longer top of the year and didn't know what to do yeah. and so like that rejection I remember it happening to me when I went to secondary school and I went from a village primary school where there was 10 of us in the year and so we were all on the netball team because we had to be <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were all on all the teams you know? right. so it had never occurred to us that we weren't any good at something and then I went to secondary school and suddenly like you know there's five netball teams and like you know you, you're not on any of them you're not on any of them <laughs> and I had made the cut on the DE team like you know so and I, I that, and then it and it hit me then, and I was eleven years old, and so then I I bounced back, and so I had mine when I was eleven, but she didn't have hers until she was at university, and she just totally could, didn't know what to like, couldn't cope at all. Then, then the stakes were a bit higher. Yeah, it's and not a netball not, team; exactly. it's your career, or it's your you know your parents are paying for you to be there, and then you're like, I don't want to be here anymore, and yeah. there's a lot more pressure. I think one of the best things that happened to me in my life was not getting into Oxford. Yeah, I know so. that sounds like an absolute champagne problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, it genuinely was like the thing that, because when I was 18, ooh, spicy vibe. Because what, I was like that? super confident and like oh, real so piece were, of shit. Yeah. Were a piece of like, shit. Well, no, not, yeah, I mean, fine. Like, but like, I was like, I mean, this will surprise literally no one, but I was like the head of the debating society. <laughs> and I, and I was, and I really thought I was the shit. And because I could, I was, ve- I was always very good at exams. I think, again, that's why I like Edinburgh because I like that construct of the year that you build towards something and then at the last minute you're kind of tested on it. That's the kind of classic, that's the way that I operated best. And I think that not getting into Oxford was the first time that I was ever like, oh, oh, maybe I'm not. And also, it wasn't one of those things where afterwards, after the interview, I walked out and I was like, nailed it. I walked out of that interview going, yeesh. Yeah, yeah. and that was, and that's the thing, like, it was, at the time it felt like you weren't allowed to turn in, but it was the, the, I mean, those people, but really, like, the world saying, like, this actually isn't the right thing for you. Yeah, and it yeah. built some, put some humility in me, because I went to a grammar school, which is basically, like, a private school with none of the money, but ten times the arrogance. <laughs> so, like, from the age of 11 at that school, they're like, you guys are actually the best, because you're getting this amazing education, and some chumps are paying for it. And, like, and, and so, and I think, and it built, my, built up my confidence 
confidence to such an extent. And I, in retrospect, if I'd gone to Oxford, it, I would have been insufferable. Yeah. And actually, that first like stage of rejection, <laughs> stupid, just absolutely, yes. absolutely, yes. <laughs> As it is, you're on the fence now. <laughs> <laughs> what is that thing that you call yourself? Like uh, something about a, a jet, a jetpack. Oh, a a jetpack. Jet you called yourself like a jetpack wanker. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, a yeah. I've I've various names for myself as a young man. A, a jet propelled wanker. Oh, yeah. Ch chocolate Fraser. Like these are all these are all the words I would describe myself as. Chocolate Fraser is pretty much the most accurate description of me when I was about seventeen years old. And um, but um, I, I it's it's so weird in retrospect reframing. I can't believe I hadn't even thought about this when we were talking about rejection. I every morning I'm like. A part of me is like that rejection helped me so much because yeah. it introduced a bit of humility to me, yeah. and that humility you can then translate that into building a work. And ethic. that's the thing, isn't it? It's so so useful in the future, yeah. and it makes you look back and be like, oh, thank God I went through that. Thank yeah, God completely. I didn't get that job at Mars. Thank God I didn't go to Oxford. Thank yeah. God I went through that experience. But at the time, but the time you don't want to like, hear that. Know, as well. yeah. It's like, like yeah. if you're being bullied and someone goes like, it'll give you a really strong character. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I'm eight. Yeah. I can't do anything with that, mate. And, like, and yeah, and so like, just to put a like, biological bit on it, that this, um, there's a lot, a lot of studies about like rejection and it, and, and particularly lo and losing a uh, a sports match as well. Mm. There's a studies into like boxers and how even in like real physical pain, winners can't feel anything. Like so they've won and so wow. they don't know for, until a while afterwards wh how hurt they are. Whereas the loser feels everything so intensely. God. And they have to, it's really, it's very intense to like be able to, even though they've been through the same thing and are having the same physical amount of pain, one of them isn't having it at all and one of it's feeling so intensely because your body is like, don't ever do that again. Like, don't ever let us lose because like the stakes for the for a human being, you know, thousands wow. of years Physically, ago, the yeah. stakes were like, well, if you got into a fight with another, you know, alpha male, like, and you, you, you're you gonna be kicked out of the group now and you're gonna die. And so like, that's what your body is, is going through every time. And so even though, you know, the nice married man or the lady and the boy I kissed one time, you know, really rationally, not a massive deal, but for your body, you're like, your body's like death, death Yes, like, I'm being not, cast out from society. I'm being cast out and I will die alone. Yeah. Which is why it feels like those kind of things, like, oh, I'm going to die alone, you do feel that when it happens. Yeah. So you're like, well, I'll never amount to anything. I'm, I, you feel like yeah. you're sort of cast out in the, in the, in the kind of tundra. Yeah. And so part of it, there's a thing about this thing called like the 50-50 um, theory that like um, half of the rejection is from the thing, like you've been not let into Cambridge or you've, the boys turned you down or whatever, but the other half you do all yourself, like you've done all that negative self-thinking and and so the fifth, the half of it you can't do anything about, like that somebody has turned you down, but the the other half, that's on you, like you can be in control yeah. of that yeah. and you cannot beat yourself up so much. Yeah, I think it's like, because I was reading, I'm obviously reading a lot about like how to, you know, how to deal with it and all that sort of stuff and it's always the same sort of things with everything it's kind of you should acknowledge that it's hard you shouldn't try and push it away and be like no i'm fine i'm fine because it will just pop out in another circumstance like you know it, it's you need to feel it but then also feel that it's um like treat yourself kindly which i think is what you're saying as well like it's that's it's all about your perspective and you can't lose perspective. You can for a bit and then you have to get it back. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. like talking to other people is really helpful, especially like, you know, not bringing it back to the fringe, but bringing it back to the fringe. It's a constant, like, it's a very, it's like a hotbed of constant kind of mini rejections or if you do a bad show and someone else is doing an absolutely banger next door and you're like, Ugh! and like all of that, you kind of have to constantly like um, take these like little tiny things and chat to, uh, to 
people closest to you, because everybody is suffering from rejections. Everybody, like you're doing incredibly well, but like it's it's kind of really great to hear that for a few years you were like, Ugh. and I think that yeah. it's heartening for other people who have just maybe had a, a bad rejection or, or whatever to go like, well look, like he kept going. And yeah, I think I think the more I think about as we're talking here, the more I think about in your life, the how you react to rejection ends up defining your entire life. Yeah, like it, it's like one of the most important things in your life is how you process it. And I think for a long time, I thought the solution was to uh, hate myself, but and just take it out on myself. But in a funny way, that was an expression of my ego because. The, at the base level of me going, oh well, I've been rejected. I must this. I, I must sort of try and destroy myself. Like fundamentally, that came from a place of ego because the assumption was that I was so good right. that how I should have. Happened? How could this have happened? Yeah, yeah. And so I must then just drink for days because that's the sort of that's what an artist does. Whereas actually, <laughs> oh you, actually, you were being rejected because your jokes were a bit shit. And what you should probably do is try and write some better jokes yeah. and, and crack on that way. And it took it took me about half a decade to work that out. And so if I can save anyone the trouble, <laughs> don't, it's not constructive for you to, yeah. to that, that kind of self-loathing response is not constructive. And actually I discovered, it took me my entire 20s to discover the difference between self-loathing and self-criticism. And self-criticism is useful and helps you process rejection and move on from it. And self-loathing is an absolutely complete waste of your time yeah, you know? yeah, yeah I mean which isn't to say that I don't hate myself because I do <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> I don't yeah but I just don't make I just make less of a big deal I think that's all being in your 30s is like I know lots of people who have come to this place of self-acceptance and like I, I really love myself and I'm really proud of myself I've come to a point where I'm like look I'm stuck with you um, <laughs> you don't like me I'm in an unhappy marriage with my own personality <laughs> <laughs> But work. we make it work. Yeah. That's, the, that's the thing. We, the two of us make it work. We don't like each other. The, if I'm honest, the sex has dried up. <laughs> <laughs> but, we still, but we make it work now. And I, the, the self-loathing just runs as a constant hum in the background, but yeah. it doesn't actually you know interfere how to deal with my work. With it now, yeah, so I, just, like, I know that that's yeah. just part of, a part of my life. And actually now, when something works... So like the last two... I had a really good show three days ago, and the last two shows, so I'm doing a work in progress show, I'm changing bits and bobs every day. The last two have been not good. And so for me now, that is quite helpful because you go, right, I've recorded it, why was it not good? Instead of going, it wasn't good, now I'm like, why was it not good? What are the things that you can do to improve it? Come that, on. That's like a mixture of experience and you accepting that that is how it works now. And also yeah. you having had rejections and you've, now learn from them and I think that is the crucial thing to take away from the podcast episode today which is you've got to learn from it like yeah. you can absolutely have have like rather than drink for three days maybe drink for one, one night day. one night or one yeah one night one crucially night. Um, <laughs> one, one night one 24 hours yeah. and, then, um, and then but then be like right okay get back up what can I do to stop that yeah. happening again or what can I do to uh, because of this and don't go on a two week bender no. and give your wallet and phone to a man who just asks you for them in what, can only, be in what can only be described as the most polite mugging in human history I remember you did. I yeah. and you, you told me from someone else's phone you're like yeah. I gave a homeless man yeah. my phone yeah 
Yeah, pretty good stuff. It's a pretty funny thing to talk about in retrospect, apart from uh, my friend Alice Farron Bradley, who does not find it very funny at all because she spent 48 hours trying to track me down when I vanished. Oh dear! Oh my god. I, I can imagine. Allegedly, yeah. someone else that happened too. Yeah. I think it's exactly that of like finding that path between um, a little bit of like, oh well, f you anyway. Like I'm all right. Yeah, 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 I'm exactly. All right, yeah. Jack, and then little 10, 10, 20 percent of that, twenty percent. Yeah, and then eighty percent. Okay, thank you for the notes. Let me take that on board. How can I improve and be better? And where can I channel this mm. energy? And what can I do with this? So I think we, exactly. I um I because I think it also doesn't help a, a little bit the like well just keep going narrative. Yeah, hundred percent. When I was, you know, really going through this and didn't have a job, and I was really obsessed with Colonel Sanders. Bring <laughs> him up so much. I love like, him. I love sorry, him. the KFC man. The KFC man. I, I mean, I know exactly who the Colonel yeah, is. People might not know. Stephen, I'm afraid uh, you don't get this body shape without being an au fait with the work of the Colonel. <laughs> So the colonel, uh, firstly, for the last uh, 20 years of his life, he was never seen in public without his string tie and hat because he was now living the brand. Um, but that is by the side. The, the second thing is that he had this, he's, when you stop it, he sold this, he sold, he's quite old, he's like in his 60s and he's just a guy selling, he sells, he has a chicken shop and he's, he's selling it on the side of the road. And then they divert the highway. So now nobody comes past where he is. And so he, uh, you know, packs up his stuff and he goes on the road for three years trying to sell his chicken recipe to people and um and was and i like look i really i really read about him because he gets he gets told no um like 580 times or something like something like insane and he was a real like and then he eventually you know sold the chicken and became colonel sanders or whatever yeah. but i think this like that narrative of like just keep on going sell yeah. that chicken you know like we keep peddling this like just believe in yourself yeah. and keep doing it and like and there needs to be that and definitely still believe in yourself but also take on board the like you what if someone needs to change yeah, the chicken yeah, like yeah. what if why aren't people let's regroup on the chicken yeah so, maybe like, change tack change let's yeah. change tack think about other things other meats you might want to pedal. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't know. Like, maybe exactly. tweak the secret recipe yeah maybe because then, like because you you know and you when you say it like you know i was here for 12 years and then finally like now I'm here I just kept peddling it we don't push enough the like oh I actually thought I totally st I threw out all my material yeah. I started again I, I totally rethought and I took on but it took notes. as well it took doing something else you did like a thing with two yeah yeah I stepped away it took and doing something else to then yeah. be like oh actually so it was, all, it was you basically did a different thing and yeah, and also that's... this is like a sort of boring technical thing specific to comedy, but when I worked with Tom Neenan, we would write our script and then put them, plug the computer into his television and go through line by line in his living room. Yeah. What, does this need to be there? Is this funny? If it's not funny, is this leading to something funny? And I realised that that was a level of scrutiny I was not exercising in my stand-up. There was just stuff that I was just saying that yeah. never worked. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't, with this, we, and I was like, why in one facet of my life am I exercising this level of immense scrutiny? And then in the other facet of my life, which is notionally the career progression I want for the rest of my life, why am I just going... So doing, so, so doing something different, doing something that different is a really good... Yeah, yeah, you're right, because that's um, Colonel Sanders is sort of the exception to the rule. Like, well, I think in, that's the thing that's like, we... I think he's not the, I think he's not the exception so much as like, he, we only hear this like, marzipan layer of the story rather yeah, yeah, than yeah. hearing everything and like I'm sure along the way he did change the chicken or he did do more stuff there's a really yeah. great Twitter hashtag called hashtag share your rejections that's very oh, very yes. happening at the moment yeah, yeah. it's really great it's just loads of, it's a lot of arty people yeah but like it's a lot of people who've done very well being like 
I got rejected for everything, and then like it's really, really great. So yeah, look at that hashtag. I, and I, get some inspiration. I, I looked at quite a lot of those hashtags, and because when I saw share your rejection, I was like, sit down, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Kumar's about to crack out a toy thread. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I, that that I do think that that share your rejection hashtag just slightly peddled the thing Thinking of like uh, I got uh, rejected from Rada, and look at me now. True. I'm, True. Uh, you know. Brutus, Brutus, Garlic, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but it's like it cuts out that middle thing of, and I think that the percentage thing you just said is, the, is so important. It's like your response to rejection has to be a mixture. You have to get, if you have too much of the of self-criticism, it lapses into self-loathing and is unproductive. But if you have not enough of it and you just go, I'm the greatest, you end up singing hello to the biker or whatever. It's like, it's like, yeah. the, yes. it's like, it's like, it, that, it's that line in how you respond to rejection yeah. that is the most critical thing. It has to be enough self-criticism but not too much and enough self-belief but not too much. And in that sweet spot, you get stuff done, I think. That is an excellent point to end on because we're going to have to end. Um, nearly out of time. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much, Nish. That was so great. Really, really useful. I feel genuinely a lot better about myself. <laughs> I really do. I'll be like... <laughs> but actually, that's really lovely. And thank you, Tessa. And thank you to Stevie. Thank you for having well. me on, Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so next week on Parking, um, uh, I'll be interviewing Billy Con William Connolly. Imagine <laughs> interviews Not stars. stars. <laughs> um, but yes, um, uh, if you have any ideas for future podcasts, um, tweet us at Nobody Panic Pod. Um, me at Stevie M. The S is a five. Me at Tessa Goes. You are at Nish Kumar. Mr. Nish Kumar. Mr. Nish Kumar. Oh, Mr. Nish Kumar. Mr. Nish Kumar. Mr. Nish Kumar. I'm so sorry, sir. Great. Yeah, I cut, there's a guy called Nish Kumar who <sighs> got the Twitter handle, and if I'm honest, has become increasingly ill-tempered. Oh. Because oh. people do tweets. forget them. Yeah. People do not. I'm not a natural mister. <laughs> Nobody on Twitter is a sad guy. That, that's what I mean. I'm not, I'm not an instinctive mister, and so a lot of the time people will just go, You were fucking shit on that program yesterday, and this goes like a software programmer from Bangalore. It's like, I wasn't on it! <laughs> no one oh, having a tougher time than um, John Lewis. John oh, Lewis! Poor John Lewis! Such a bad time. Poor John lives, Lewis. He lives in Michigan, and he's called John Lewis. He spends his whole time just going, Not me. Not, not me. Wrong one. He's the wrong not one. Me. He's the wrong one. He's the wrong one. He's very sweetly. Yeah. Yeah. He should just get off. I think. He needs yeah. to just get off. Well, John Lewis should technically employ him. Like yeah, that would yeah. be a way to sort of resolve. Yeah, just have him on retainer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and email us as well. Um, nobodypanicpodcast at gmail.com um, Yeah, big thanks to Nish Kumar. Go on nishkumar.co.uk yeah. to see his tour. Thank you so much for Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy our podcast. It's called Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains. It, we have a podcast and uh, it might be, uh, I probably don't want to sound, um, you know, like I'm bragging, but it's dynamite. It is electric. It's high voltage. And please, we really need you to listen. You don't understand how much we need this. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. But um, yeah, we, th this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains.